I'm just going to share some basic thoughts today that I believe uh, is really uh, just really simple stuff today for us to consider as we go into this season ahead of us. Um, I have two, two, like I'm a very device-driven person. I love my internet stuff. I love my my uh, my devices, my iPads, my i things, my me 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 i i i stuff. And I've got to really watch myself in these in this season because I've got to make sure I keep my 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 thing of hang on, let's look at others. But my laptop and my iPad are two very clear things that I, where I really need a lot of. And uh, my laptop's getting a bit older nowadays, and it freezes a lot. And you'll be typing away, and it's like. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, no worries, 10 minutes later. Some days it just takes forever to log on, to actually turn on. Uh, and so, basically, there is the ongoing thing. I'm a fan of a TV show called The IT Crowd. And the ongoing thing about this IT, they're an IT department for a, some sort of multinational in England, and, and or I, they're Irish, I think. And, and they, the idea is that, you know, the guys down in the IT department pretty much would go, hello, IT, have you turned it off and turned it on again? No matter what the question is, that is always the punchline. Have you turned it off and turned it on again? And more often than not, that is usually the solution to fixing most of our PC problems. Uh, on my iPad here, if I get the power button and the home button and push them down for five seconds, it will force this thing to restart, and we call that a soft reset. And I, I say all that because I believe, although, yes, there's, it's traumatic, and people are going through some different things at the moment. From a church perspective right now, uh, I believe the, the concept of apocalypse and anything being, people are using the word apocalypse to describe things because of the, the panic buying and all the different things like that. And the concept of apocalypse, of, of the, anything being apocalyptic, is that it actually is designed to reveal something in us. And that's what apocalyptic stuff is about. It reveals. And uh, we get to reveal Christ in the midst of this while the world around him is revealing the hoarding <laughs> the panic or the, the 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 so there's a there's a, a way the world is being revealed right now the 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 same group that rallied for the bushfires is now uh, you know fighting for toilet rolls uh, so there's a revealing going on right now in our community that and also it's revealing the vulnerable needing more and more need uh, it's revealing those who are down and needing a hand up uh, as well, There's, it's revealing a lot about our community at this time, and and it will reveal a lot about the church also. And, and I believe, as a church, uh, the, as a nation, uh, there's been a, a lot of uh, discussion about how we're seated, but not always about how we are sent. And now we're left with no choice but to be sent. And and so we're going to live a life for the next few months of sentness, of being sent to our communities and sent to the place that is now being revealed uh, around for what it, for where people really are at. And I believe Jesus can reveal something in us about who we are, uh, all the different things that have made the headlines in the last few year, months, uh, the religious freedoms things, the, 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 the royal commissions, all those things now get a chance. To, it's almost like we get to reset and go, you know what, this is what Jesus really is. And this is who Christian community really is. And, and so I'm believing that, that I really think that there's a chance for soft resetting going on in our midst at this time. And so that's just my feeling in the spirit to share with us as a church. I want to talk about uh, something here now that, uh, that it just, I, I want to look at the relationship journey of Jesus with the world around him. 
Um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across Jordan followed him. Jesus came into the world. The message version of John chapter 1 says that the word became flesh and joined our neighborhood. And so this neighborhood called Earth, Jesus became present in it. And we, if we want to know anything about God, we are to look at Jesus. God came in the flesh and appeared in the planet, joined our neighborhood, and got amongst us. Now, it doesn't say God so loved the world that he sent a video. All right? We, it actually says God so loved the world that he gave his son. His son, the God incarnate, came and took incarnational presence in the world around us. He occupied our neighborhood. And then put the word out, so going, the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. And so now he then goes, we just read now, now we have a thing called the crowd. The crowd began to join or follow Jesus. And it's a widespread space. The Decapolis is a region of 10 cities over the Sea of Galilee. You've got Syria, you've got uh, Judea, you've got all this big wide group coming to see one fella, one tradie from a backwater place called Galilee because something about him was that attractive and he's got, they've gone far out. Large crowds came and said, we're going to walk around and tune into Jesus. Now, here's the deal. If you're tuning in, uh, we, I know we've got a number of followers to our Facebook page and that and to our, uh, who, are, who, who are not part of our church and I don't know where you're at. But I want you to know that Jesus... 2,000 years ago, occupied this neighborhood in person. And he instructs us as Christians to be his hands and feet even today. And so we, we actually understand that our presence now is an extension of Jesus' presence back then. That we are to extend that ministry, that presence. And so we have this neighborhood, this world around us, but then there is Jesus setting foot and actually getting followers to actually engage with him. And, and some of you are maybe not a Christian, not a believer, and, and, but suddenly you've just tapped into a crowd. You've just been brought into this box. You've been brought into the idea of, gee, Jesus is in my peripheral vision now, and it's time for me to start looking and considering what this guy is about. And friends, that is our story everywhere we go now, every street we go to now. We're setting foot in our neighborhood with the, with the hands and feet of Jesus. And so the world out there is suddenly becoming aware of our presence and the presence of Christ through us in us around us. So people who are now engaging with you and your faith and your hope now are now stepping into this space. That's an exciting time. People who, there's been a lot of hostility online, I've noticed, and people not willing to go near this space for a long time. But now I believe there's something going on. And the more present we are, and not the church aloof from the city, but the church that is in the city, when they see us for who we really are, which is the people of hope in this world, we're going to start drawing people into this space where they're going to come and see what Jesus is all about. The crowd. 
So welcome to the crowd if you've tuned in. Then we go into something else. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 6. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on and which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 other brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, although some have fallen asleep. Now, we're talking 30 years, or 20 years after the fact at this point, but we now have this number, the 500, a smaller group that actually stood out from the crowd and said, I'm going to follow Jesus. And they were present enough to be part of the crew that actually saw Jesus in his resurrection. They were the privileged numbers to see, we often say that we relegate the, the, the story of the church of, oh, God just took, Jesus took 12 ordinary folk and turned the world upside down with 12 folk. You know what? They were key figures, and we'll get to them in a minute. But there was actually 500 people who, re, who actually saw Jesus resurrected, who were present for that. Yes, they scattered like sheep and uh, scattered like, like, like you know, being swatted you know, when it came to the cross and, and the suffering. But there was a group there that were actually present at least at resurrection. There was 120 in the upper room uh, 50 days after Jesus' uh, resurrection, after Pentecost. So we have this group that suddenly there's another group of people that were just a little more committed. They were going, you know what, I, uh, not only am I going to be part of the crowd following Jesus, but I'm actually going to be a little bit more, I'm actually, here Jesus says, come and see. Here he says, follow. Get behind and follow. And 500 people thereabouts actually did. It was a group of people who actually said, we will follow Jesus. And that's where we become a bit more of a critical mass as a church, as a congregation. Lots of people fill our churches every week and go, I am a follower of Jesus. And that is awesome. All right. And this, but often when it comes to community and as a church, this is kind of where we tend to stop. And I believe that actually there's a higher place to go. And I believe from here, this 500, this, this 500 now is actually going to get mobilized. The 500 that is present throughout all the country, that is present in Mount Gambia, all these different things are now about to be mobilized and there's another level to go to. And that is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. There you go. There's a, there's a commissioning, isn't it? Lambs among wolves, go for it. It's got a lot more content in that particular passage and it came back victorious. But I believe we've got a season now of becoming the sent ones. All right, it's time to actually go take our followership. I'm a follower of Jesus. Cool. Now it's time to be sent. It's time to live sent lives. 
And, and it, I love the two-by-two two idea that is in play that, that Jesus used. Village to village to be forerunners of the message that is to come. You know what? Our full-fledged missional activity, the proclamation of the gospel, might be delayed for a few months. And to actually get people together and actually share Jesus in a way that really brings people to the place where they're going to go, I now will follow, that may be a little way off at the moment. But the mission of the church is to announce and demonstrate the kingdom of God. We have a season now of demonstration to really show who we are, to demonstrate what the kingdom of God is about and to to be a forerunner for the revival that is going to come. And I believe Jesus is going to move powerfully in the next few months and something amazing will happen throughout the country and particularly in our city. But I believe it's going to be a season of being sent and and getting the place ready and doing some two-by-two work. I'm going to propose this. Uh, Church, let's go two-by-two throughout this city. You know what? We've got this isolation thing. We're going to be left to that at some point. But let's strategically, two-by-two, Go around our neighborhood. Let's pray through our streets. Let's pray uh, street to street, neighborhood to neighborhood, locality to locality, business to business, school to school, outside our hospital, a fair distance so you don't get in the way of their work. Pray for the workers that are there, uh, for our, our retirement villages and our nursing homes and all these people who are going to be under pressure and duress in this time. And let's go through and two by two, peace, uh, Part by part, as the 72, as the sent ones, let's be the people that actually go and actually prepare the ground for the move that Jesus is going to bring. And let's go pray through the streets. Let's be present in our pairs and in our triplets and do stuff that will actually demonstrate the values of our kingdom, that we are the work of our sovereign, who is Jesus, to the world around us. So we have this opportunity now to step into, I've done this in bright colours, this is pastel, this is bright, for a reason, because we've got this stuff, yeah, I'll kind of be on the periphery of Jesus, that's nice. All right, okay, yeah, I'll get saved, I'll say a prayer, I'll kind of hang around the church, I'll do my thing. But Jesus is calling us into something deeper now. Now I'm going to be sent. I'm not going to be seated, I'm going to be sent. This is our role now, friends. We're all bought into this journey now. We are all the sent ones. We're all the 72, friends. Let's step in to that deeper place in what Jesus has for us. Then we look deeper again to two more levels. Mark 3, verse 13 to 15. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they may be with him, then he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. Of those 12, Matthew chapter 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brothers of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Right, so we have... Now, because of our forced reduce, reduction of numbers, we actually have an opportunity now to step into a realm that we may have actually been uh, um, evading for quite a while. And uh, uh, this idea of doing community in a place where there is accountability and where there is actual depth and formation in our life. 
And this is what we have here. We have definitely being sent, anyone who knows Jesus, who follows Jesus, can actually do something nice to our neighbors and to go, I can, I can serve, I can demonstrate who Jesus is in his kingdom to some degree out there in my uh, pairs and I can do some, I can pray, I can do those things. But then there's a time where we can actually go deeper and use the downtime that we sort of have to go, I can go deeper in Jesus now. I can draw closer to him. I can learn stuff that I need to learn so that when people finally go, what is the reason for your hope? I actually know enough to share something. I remember um, I've worked with um, people who have been very natural evangelists, uh, people who have who have uh, found Jesus and have run a riot sharing Jesus everywhere. But then they've spent time with these people and suddenly come back to me going, I've led them to Jesus, but I don't know what to do with them now. I've actually seen youth pastors come to me with that. Uh, I actually spoke at a youth event one day and, and, and we actually, I shared my story and I was working with this youth group and about a dozen kids responded to the gospel at this camp. And, and I was asked by the youth leaders, what do we do with them? Well, that's our chance to learn. That's our chance to go deeper in Jesus now. We have an opportunity now to, to learn, to grow, draw closer to Jesus, to the things, the 12 were the gatekeepers of doctrine. They were the people that, that they, they became the apostolic leadership of the church. They're the people that actually um, you know, grew in what they knew. They knew Jesus at the closest of quarters and walked in that, that, that knowledge and walked in a place where they could lead others. 2 Timothy 2.2 says to take what you know and then to, to be faithful, to hand it on to other people. And so we're supposed to acquire knowledge. We're supposed to go deeper. We're supposed to have some doctrinal things and some theological reflection in things and be spiritually formed so that we can actually become teachers ourselves. That's a growth curve for all of us. So we're drawn into this place. It's another elusive place for some of us in the church. But then we've got this place where the threes and the fours can actually enter the sacred places. And that's what we see here. Peter, James, and John... Jesus goes, let me pull you guys especially close. And let's see something supernaturally occur in our midst. And we see this. The transfiguration is no small feat, no small thing. And Jesus has taken just a few. It would have been one of those things that surely those 500 would have seen it and gone, now we, now we fully get it, now we believe. But he actually chooses to take three up the mountain with him. Three people he trusted to see this thing for themselves. I reckon there's a season now where even though we're getting knowledge, there's also a supernatural experience for us to be found. There's something to be found in Jesus in this time. There's some great things that he wants to reveal to us. And I believe as we do smaller life with each other, this time of being made, of being funneled down into these community spaces that we're now in, actually create a space for us to enter the sacred. And to grow in the, in the thing, in some really cool things. What we know, but also what we experience. Actually, an experiential knowledge of Jesus can come out of this uh, journey that we are on that perhaps we might not have had before. And then there's one last thing. Simply the Trinity. Jesus, beyond the three, his lines of fellowship were between him and the Father. We, speak, we read, before he calls the twelve, 
he's in this place before the Father. That when John the Baptist is beheaded, he is actually in the presence of the Father. That in the, in the lead up to the cross at Gethsemane, it's him and the Father. Before the key things that he's about to do, before major things are about to take place in his ministry and in his life and in his body, he enters that place of intimacy with the Father. And we are called, friends, into this wonderful, mysterious spiritual dance of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made available to us through the work of Christ, through our knowledge of Christ. And we have this opportunity now. Some of us, friends, some of you are shut in. And, and you can't do these other um, things. And, and time with Jesus now could be the sweetest time you could ever have. If it's just us and the Lord, there is an opportunity for that to be a really deeply moving, sacred, spiritual thing in our life. So if it gets to that, if you need to do that, can I, can I ask you, can I challenge you to make that time and go, here I am, Jesus, I can't be anywhere else. How about it's just you and me, let's do some time. Jesus invites us all into that place of intimacy with him. He calls us all into that place and this may be the greatest soft reset of all time for that. Over in China, we're hearing about birds singing in the middle of a hustle-bustle city, that the air is getting clearer. We're seeing the same in Italy right now. There's lots of people actually seeing that, all, yes, the illness is terrible. But the fact that we've all stopped has actually shifted things in our value system at this time. And, and, um, and new life is springing up and the air is clearer and, and, and all these different things. And people are going, we're stopping. And something special is taking place. And Christians over in those spaces are realizing that Jesus is doing something special in that space. So let us in this time step out of the crowd. Step into a place. If you're in the crowd now tuning into the church, we're here for you. You're now out of the world. You're into the crowd. Come and behold Jesus. Come and do what he invites you to do. Come and see. Come and join us. Come and get amongst it. Live sent lives. Go two by two and serve and pray and seek after what God is doing and be a forerunner for what is still to come in this city. Get knowledge. Get deeper in what who we are. Let's build some conviction. Let's draw closer to Jesus, not just in this nominal, let's lose the nominal ways and get closer to where we're at. Get knowledge, but also get that experience, get that, that revelation and get come into those sacred spaces together because God is community, so are we. There is a space to actually come into the sacred things together. But also there is the sacred place of our own time with the Lord. That I believe we really can enter that time in a whole new profound way. Different levels of society, of, of Christianity here. Levels of community that actually have some new meaning in the time that we're in. Let's make community the best thing we've ever done in these months to come. We're going to need each other. And the Christ that makes us a community is the Christ that can make a difference in the city out there right now. So let us be salt and light. Let us do community and let's show what it looks like. 
and let's be the people of the kingdom over this time. And, and uh, look, I'm not to trivialize anybody's circumstances in this. In this time, we're going to need we're going to need some real help. We're going to need to work to weather some real storms. Some people are going to be financially strapped. There's going to be some things that will. These are not trivial matters. But there is hope. And of what we're seeing in the world around us, it is temporary. If we actually, but there's something I can't escape in this. That despite God doesn't make the circumstances necessarily, he, it doesn't surprise him either. He didn't make a virus, but he did make us with a capacity to respond appropriately to it. And Jesus has, is, has not left us. He's present. He's present in our city. He's present in our midst. He's present in us. And God can do some really cool things in this time. So let's cling to that. Let's hold that in faith. And let's commit to community and let's commit to service and love and, and, and all that we can do in this city.